Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. We are really glad that you've joined us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We've got good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives yet again. And Jim, we also want to remind folks that tomorrow will be our second Three Martini Lunch interview that we've ever done. Last month, of course, we chatted with longtime sportscaster Bob Costas. Tomorrow, uh, we are going to have a more direct political figure. Yesterday, we told you that he could speak to uh, domestic and international issues. Today, I will say... Uh, if you have followed politics closely for the last, I would say, 15, certainly 20 or 30 years, uh, this will be a person who is extraordinarily familiar to you. Uh, at, at certain points, a very critical, very public figure, uh, both on the political stage and in certain policy debates. Anything more you About want to 30 say? 30 years? <laughs> 30 years? Maybe 40? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes, exactly. Spent a lot of time in Washington. But anyway, you'll find out uh, who that is tomorrow, assuming everybody's schedule uh, still works out. But let's get to our good martini uh, for the day. And for that, we head to uh, the Free Beacon, which has uh, compiled this data courtesy of Gallup. And the party identification in this country, Jim, has undergone a pretty big swing in just a year. Last year, Joe Biden is uh, president of the United States. Uh, he's got a Democratic Congress. We're uh, right on the heels of January 6th. I'm not exactly sure when the poll was taken last year. But as of last year, when Biden took office, 49 percent of Americans told Gallup they were Democrats. And just 40 percent said they considered themselves Republican. Since then, in just a year, the Democratic Party's nine-point advantage has turned into a five-point deficit, with just 42% of Americans identifying as Democrat and 47% identifying as Republican. And of course, when you factor in Biden's poll numbers themselves, averaging around 42, but we talked about the Quinnipiac poll last week where he's down to 33% among adults, which is about as low as we've seen uh, presidents get. Uh, things not going well for the Democrats. And Jim, this year is divisible by two, which means we're voting in a number of months. And if they stay anywhere close to this, it's going to be a pretty good year for Republicans. We are now at the point, Greg, where I almost wonder if the if expectations management might be a problem for Republicans. <laughs> you know, oh, it wasn't as big as the 40 we won in 2010. It may well be, by the way, with the House being as evenly split as it is, that the number of low-hanging fruit uh, is lower than it usually would be. Uh, you know, as much as Republicans were probably frustrated by the outcome of the 2020 elections, they really didn't do that badly in the House elections, and they don't have as many... Uh, you know, the types of seats where it's usually Republican leaning and just because of Joe Biden having huge coattails, Democrats got that seat. Joe Biden didn't really have that many coattails. So you didn't have those kinds of districts uh, as many this time around. Um, but all other things, you, you look at this, it's going to be a minimum of red wave. And the question is, does this turn into a red tsunami? One of the reasons Democrats are in the spot that they're in being worried about Joe Biden, whether he wants to run in 2024, whether he'll be physically able to run in 2024. Kamala Harris having uh, you know, approval numbers that are even lower than Joe Biden's and the occasional murmurings of, what about Pete Buttigieg or you know, Hillary Clinton, the the, uh, the crypt opening and she's coming back out again to say, <laughs> oh, you thought you were done with me and all that stuff. Democrats got demolished in 2010, 2014, 
and to a certain extent, also in 2016. And it wasn't just the big high stakes races. It's a lot of state legislative races, a lot of down ticket races, where all of a sudden your crop of folks who are going to end up running for Congress, for the Senate, for the president a few years back, they end up getting wiped out like that. And so this has turned out to be uh, the, the consequences of big wave years like this are pretty considerable. So we'll see what shakes out, but those Gallup numbers are pretty eye-popping. Um, but based on the numbers we're seeing now, there's good reason to think that 2022 could be the best year, midterm election year for Republicans ever. And they've had some pretty good ones in recent cycles. Yeah, topping 94, topping 2010. 2010, actually, we got more House seats than we did even in 1994. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a high bar to clear. But, uh, you know, we just got to get a net of a few uh, to, to make sure that Biden can't do a ton of damage in the last two years of this term. But obviously, we'd love a lot bigger cushion than that and uh, to at least get a net one and hopefully several more in the Senate as well. Senate's going to be tougher, though. The map is, is not great for Republicans, but it, with this kind of momentum, uh, who knows what's possible? But uh, you know what else is uh, important to think about when it comes to the possible? Running your business the best way possible. And if you've been doing that for a while, you know that HR issues can kill you. Whether it's wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, they all add up. And keeping track of all that and complying with it can be tough. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. On average, $70,000 per year. But Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or a real-time chat. And from onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day. Once again, all for just $99 a month. Month to month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend lots of time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help and get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash martini right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash martini. Spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our bad martini now. And this story was getting a ton of attention yesterday, and it needs to be addressed. There, I believe, are a number of owners to the Golden State Warriors, which have been a very successful basketball team in the last several years. Three world championships, and they were off to a great start uh, this season. They've not been playing great the last couple of weeks, but that's not the bad martini. The bad martini is that one of their owners, a guy named Chamath Palahapatia, I'm probably butchering the last name, but I think it's fairly close. Anyway, uh, he was on a podcast over the weekend, and the issue came up about the uh, treatment of the Uyghurs, the slave labor, the detention camps, essentially, in China. But it was this comments, this set of comments from Chamath. That's all I'm going to call him from this point on. I can't say that last name too many times. uh, Where his callous indifference to the fate of the Uyghurs in China is just Unbelievable. Nobody cares about. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs. Okay, you you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's you nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard. Wait, wait, I'm you're telling you, you a very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, oh, of all the things that I care about, 
It is below my line. Well, with all the blowback, he uh, issued a brief statement on Twitter that said, in re-listening to this week's podcast, I recognize that I come across as lacking empathy, you think? I acknowledge that entirely. As a refugee, my family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues, so this is something that is very much a part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that human rights matter, whether in China, the United States, or elsewhere, full stop. I believe he's from Sri Lanka, which, of course, has had its uh, issues in a number of different ways over the years. Uh, Jim, I'm not sure you can misinterpret his level of empathy when it comes to that. And in today's Morning Jolt, you actually have more of what he said on that podcast, which probably makes it even worse. No, I was going to say the, the claim, oh, this was just taken out of context. Uh, no, folks. This was not an ambush interview, by the way. This is a podcast he does with three of his buddies, wide ranging, and they ventured into politics and uh, you know the issue of China. And subsequent comments in that conversation don't make polyhapatia, by the way. Greg pronounced it correctly the first time. Good for him. Um, that this you know this was not a one-off or, or he you know genuinely believed that he was being a bold truth teller that he was saying he was acknowledging an ugly truth that people pretend doesn't exist i think the statement that really jumped out at me because he keeps going at his buddies saying this is a luxury belief i don't think it's a luxury belief to believe that all humans should have basic set of human rights polyhapatia does not you know back down one inch and he basically says uh i'm gonna make the quote get the quote exactly right here until we actually clean up our own house, the idea that we step outside of our borders with, you know, with us sort of like morally virtue signaling about somebody else's human rights record is deplorable. Now, he doesn't call China's abuse of the Uyghurs deplorable, but he calls the people who call out China deplorable. By the way, out of all the bad adjectives he could have chosen, I think the fact that he picked deplorable is pretty interesting. Um, now, I, I, you know, read into this in great length in today's Morning Joel. I wanted to make sure that this was not being taken out of context. I think the more you listen to this conversation, the worse he comes across. This is not some stray brain fart of a statement. He's, he's quite adamant about this. Um, now, I think this is kind of ridiculous. I think you can point out that people who are objecting to apartheid, I think they cared about, you know, problems here in the United States as well. People who denounce the Taliban care about problems in the United States as well. It is not a either or situation. We do not have to say until we have a perfect country, we cannot judge others by that standard. I mean, America in the 1930s, and 1940s had a whole bunch of problems in terms of treatment of minority groups, in terms of uh, treatment of African-Americans, the internment of the Japanese. We had all kinds of flaws. That doesn't mean it was wrong to fight Nazi Germany, Imperial Japan. It's just absolutely asinine here. And he really seemed to think he was getting away, you know, going to. Uh, get away with this. And maybe he will. Maybe there's not going to be any real consequence to this. By the way, I think it's very important to acknowledge he is a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. I don't think he came to this position because of LeBron James. I think the fact that he is a part owner of an NBA team is actually less significant than the fact that he is a Silicon Valley venture capital guy. Uh, that basically, I think he's reflecting the the mentality in much of Silicon Valley that the market of China is so big and so important that we can't let a little thing like genocide get in the way. And what interestingly, during that conversation, he said he really scoffs that his friends believe that what's going on with the Uyghurs in China is comparable to the Holocaust. Are you saying the situation with the Uyghurs is the same as the Holocaust? Well, you know, if you want to say it's not quite as bad as the Holocaust, I guess I could, you know, concede that point. But all kinds of international human rights groups have said, look, we are having millions of people put into work camps and then they're being punished with rape and forced sterilization torture, imprisonment, 
persecution and enforced disappearance. If it's not the Holocaust, it's in the ballpark, right? And does, it, does something have to be exactly as bad as the Holocaust for the United States to say, no, this is wrong? Does it have to be as bad as the Holocaust for U.S. businesses to say, no, I can't do business with these groups? I don't care about the approval of the Chinese government. Apparently, that's what it takes. So until they start rolling out swastikas, until they start rolling out Zyklon B, apparently most American businessmen aren't going to have that much of a problem working with China. And so in a way, I guess we could argue that uh, that uh, Paula Hapatia has given us, has done us a favor. He has revealed without shame, without any uh, equivocation, what he really thinks and what I suspect is the actual mentality in large portions of Silicon Valley. I think you're right about that. And you're right. I think that actually makes it worse than if it was just an NBA story, uh, because he probably is reflecting the profit motive mindset of not just himself, but uh, a lot of different people who keep doing business in China, even though what China's doing uh, to its own people and to others is abundantly clear. Uh, the repression of freedom on top of all that, of course, religious freedom, political freedom, uh, what have you, and all of this, of course, with the with the backdrop of the Olympics coming. But uh Jim, first of all, the threshold of the Holocaust being the only time we actually bother to take action is quite something. But um, also, I remember Steve Kerr saying essentially the same thing. Yeah, they've got problems, but hey, we've got problems. And he starts going off about uh, you know mass shootings and so forth, which are a problem. They need to be dealt with. But apparently, uh, our problems are you know blurry about which one's actually worse unless either side gets to the level of the Holocaust. So that's if that's where you're drawing your line, your priorities have gotten way out of whack probably a long time ago. Yeah, like, this is this is really whacking into a straw man. This this is really arguing um you know because I, I haven't seen anybody say America is perfect and therefore other countries should not abuse it. I, I I have yet to see that. I my you know my sense is most people would acknowledge America is not only not a perfect country, we've got some real problems. That's why we argue about politics. We want to fix those problems. We want to solve those problems. We have big, strong arguments about which problem ought to be prioritized and whether, you know, uh, you know, microaggressions are a real problem that we need to focus on or whether, you know, the national debt is a big problem we need to focus on. You can find all kinds of people. There's nobody who's walking around saying, oh, America's perfect. And that's why other countries shouldn't commit human rights abuses. Yeah. We think you know, people should, start have, should not commit human rights abuses because human rights abuses are wrong. <laughs> yes. And we've realized what happens when we try to avert our eyes and say, oh, we're going to be isolationist. Well, they don't until Pearl Harbor gets bombed. They don't until uh, airplanes crash into our skyscrapers. You know, Sooner or later, problems over there spill over into other borders and cause other problems, sometimes all around the world. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. The equivocation that they do. But let's move on because you're probably going to need a nap after that uh, uh, brain freezing uh, logic from uh, from Chamath right there. But uh, if you need to take a nap, get a my pillow. Use their great sheets. Uh, if you need a, a cold shower or a hot shower after that, uh, the towels are fantastic. And of course, I love the new my slippers, and that's what my slippers is focusing on right now. Their current offer: forty percent off the new my slippers when you use our promo code Martini at mypillow.com. Now, these are not just any slippers. The My Slippers spent two years in development to ensure the highest quality and comfort. They're designed to be worn all day, indoors, outdoors, wherever you like. These slippers are available in moccasin or slip-on style, and they come in a variety of colors and sizes. The My Slippers are made with quality leather suede and they have the exclusive three-tier cushioning system. 
the MyPillow patented fill, the impact gel, and the memory foam. For a limited time, MyPillow is offering 40% off the new My Slippers. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square. Do not forget that part. Enter the promo code MARTINI or call 800-874-0104. Now, while you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and the MyPillow towel sets. But you can only save that 40% on the new My Slippers with our promo code MARTINI. So be sure to use that promo code MARTINI. When you call 800-874-0104 or go to MyPillow.com. All right, Jim, on to the crazy martini now. And yesterday, of course, in our bad martini, we talked about how the motive was such a mystery, at least for a time with the FBI and certainly the media, except when they were jumping, the media, that is, to uh, conclusions wrongly about who was responsible for the hostage situation at the Texas synagogue. But the New York Post has a better question today in its editorial. Why was this shooter, Malik Faisal Akram, even in this country? As Akram's brother told Sky News, this is the editorial, he's known to police, got a criminal record, nor did he have any visible means of support. Gulbar Akram also says his brother was, quote, suffering from mental health issues. And the Post says, yet the feds say he somehow got a visa and flew into JFK around New Year's, listing a hotel on Queens Boulevard as his destination. He then made his way to Dallas, where he stayed at a homeless shelter for a week and bought a gun, quote-unquote, off the street, according to President Biden, who, to be fair, the Post says, has been known to make stuff up. They go on to say American travelers put up with a vast amount of security theater, millions of man-hours lost each year to to unpredictably long TSA lines, intrusive pat-downs, and the whole take-off-your-shoes-and-belt rigmarole. Yet, the vast security apparatus can't screen out a mentally ill Muslim extremist, who, of course, is not an American citizen. So, Jim, it seems like every time we have one of these situations, and thankfully, none of the hostages were injured or lost their lives here, so this has a happier ending than we usually see in these situations, things seem to be missed when they really shouldn't be missed. Yeah, this is the moment where you want to ask the Customs and Border Protection and uh, uh, TSA, so, so who are you turning away? Right. If this guy managed to get through, if this guy was, you know, he's on a tourist visa, you know, did, what, what did he say he wanted to see? <laughs> what sites? Yeah. Where, where was he going to stay? I don't know, but you have to fill out all kinds of forms when I come back from international travel, which, oh, by the way, hasn't been in a long while because of the uh, pandemic and such. You know, I thought I thought the pandemic had put a kibosh on all kinds of international travel. This guy comes in. Really? That's all it took? Really disappointing, really frustrating. You know, we've had multiple presidencies say we're going to get this fixed we're going to take care of it um it is an indication you have the sneaking suspicion that actually only a cursory review is done of these folks we'll see if it, if it actually is done what's interesting you can find people who are legal immigrants and who have nothing to fear who have all kinds of grief and aggravation getting into the country but this guy uh oh, tourist visa sure come on in go right ahead oh where you staying homeless shelter okay that's great you know oh you, you ranted in court about uh the jews oh okay you're fine come on you'll fit in well really infuriating greg Jim, I don't like to make predictions like this, but how soon will this story get memory hold if it hasn't been already? What story, Greg? That's how fast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've seen virtually nothing on it today other than what the Post pointed out here, which is a very, very good question. And there's probably several other very good questions that ought to be asked here. But uh, because the narrative has been compromised, we probably won't get a very robust discussion of those things. But uh Jim, on that note, rest up and uh, we'll have a special episode together tomorrow. See you then.
Looking forward to it, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Uh, tell your friends about us as well. Tomorrow's episode would be a great time to do that, in fact. Uh, also, thank you very much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Those always help us out. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play 3 Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday. And please join us on Wednesday for the next 3 Martini Lunch. Hey guys, it's Mock and Daisy from Chicks on the Right. We're excited to tell you about our podcast, the Mock and Daisy Common Sense Cast. From discussing topics like cancel culture, what's happening to our new generations, crises in our nation, and even some high-profile interviews, each week we touch on subjects that matter to us and matter to you. And we're not afraid to tell you how it is, so tune in every week to hear us talk about the things or even just get a good laugh. To find out more, go to our website, chicksontheright.com, or start listening on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave Leave a comment or review and subscribe.